0: Yes, we have a Nigerian tech enthusiast by the name Peter Ayeni, and he's the Chief Technology Officer of Mbele, which is a social enterprise in Nigeria that uses technology and innovation to make access to quality education affordable for everyone. And he's here today to tell us the inspiring story of how he got into tech and why he's so passionate about education and getting young Africans into the tech space. So Peter, you are welcome once again to the Toast of Africa podcast. It's an honor to have you in our studios.
1: Thank you very much, Richmond. I really appreciate uh, and very honored to be having this conversation with you. Thank you very much.
0: Okay. Thank you so much, Peter. So I'm sure our listeners will want to know a little bit about you, your background growing up, and a little bit about how you got into tech and why you are passionate about education.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. So uh, my name is Peter. So I'm from Nigeria. Uh, Yeah, I I was born in the southwestern part of Nigeria. Yeah, I think that's a little bit close to uh, Benin Republic. I was actually born in a border town uh, between Nigeria and Benin Republic. And it's really uh, an amazing experience for me uh, growing up because of, number one, the cultural mix and diversity in the space in which I grew up. Uh, we speak like different languages so we spend like different currency and uh it was easy for me like i, I do go to uh in a republic uh much more easily and back and forth so it was really like a dynamic uh, uh little town in which i was born and so one of the things that actually uh ignites my passion for technology and uh entrepreneurship actually number one comes from my mom uh in terms of entrepreneurship, my mom she's really very very enterprising, uh, and I've watched uh build amazing businesses and stuff. And the tenacity she has, is really hardworking. So I think I pick a lot of those uh, uh values uh from her. And also, I'm a very very inquisitive child myself. I, I study lots. I read a lot. So uh. And that uh, ignited my passion to be able to create things. Uh, I remember very well some of the first business I had uh, was creating a stensus banner for a church, in which I made, I think, 650 naira at the time. I don't know, maybe 650 or 300 something naira. And I used that money to actually get a textbook for myself. And that was the first time I was like make money and use that money to actually invest uh, for myself what I, I bought a chemistry textbook. so that will tell you how much i love education i love studying i love uh, and like i said i was very uh, inquisitive very curious like i will read every book my hands uh can get on so uh so moving on from there i've always had this creative part of me and stuff but it wasn't really shining. So, just like something I do as an hobby. But as a child, my, my goal was I'm going to become a doctor. And that was what I really, really loved to do. So, and because of that, I have, I know from, I have like mentors, like people who are in uh, medicine and stuff. Like, yeah, for you to be able to do medicine, the buy is really high. You have to have all of these distinctions, you have to have this high score it's really competitive, the university are going to pick few people and stuff like that. So because of this background information that I had about the course and how uh, yeah, prestigious the profession is, so I started to like study really, really hard in school. So in my art school, I think I represented my school in Junior Science Olympiad, um, Mathematics Olympiad, uh, Biology Olympiad. Like I was one of the very good students in my state and even go to national level to actually represent my state also. So I was a very, very studious child. So how do I go from a child that wants to study medicine and then find myself in uh technology? So it didn't just happen or overnight or I just like changed my mind. So there were some series of events that actually happened. And, uh, and that was when I was in high school, about my final year. So uh, I and a friend of mine, we are three friends, actually. Yeah, because uh, in my school, uh, my school has what we call a half burden. It's not really common in a lot of schools. So the idea is that because my school is cor- surrounded by higher institutions and In the beginning, my school also was, they call it Teacher's College. So ITC, uh, because it's in the Loring Choir State. So they call it Loring Teacher's College. So, but the Teacher's College doesn't really like uh, something that is full time because then they've now created a college of education. You know, when the British were around, so we have like this Teacher's College where people can, after secondary school, you go there for like one year course, And then you can become like a teacher and stuff like that. And then you continue your training. So that was how the school is. But then when the College of Education came and stuff like that, so the Teachers College was converted into a high school. But they still run the Teachers College there. But it's only when we are on holiday. So because of that, my school has a unique infrastructure that the school can't maintain a full body because it's a public school and how expensive it is but they have hostels that students like us can take and also surrounding university students and college education students also share in the uh, apartment so i got one of those apartments and live in the school uh with my friend and also uh, the third friend happens to be a student uh, a, a child of a teacher who they have they live in the quarters in the school so after the school, I think we went to their house and he was trying to prepare a meal. And then he had a burns, an accident in the, in the kitchen, this hot water that he had poured on him. And uh, because of that, we had to take him to the uh, hospital. When we got to the emergency, we saw something that is really, that we didn't envisage that we were going to see. So it was a man that had this first degree burns. It was bun from neck to toe. And it was a very, uh, I would say, like one of the very uh, serious sight I've ever seen. And uh, he was still able to talk, he was crying. And I just asked one of the nurses there, uh, Can you please help this guy? Like, they were like, There's nothing they can do because there's no even a vein and everything. So, but we were able to pass there, and then we saw an amazing doctor that attended to us. My friend was treated. So, after that experience, you know, I saw this man that was helpless, that was born, and the scene was gory, and other accidents, you know, in emergency, that is just a lot of things uh, in that place, and uh, also, I saw this amazing doctor, she's young, uh, maybe she was doing an internship or something, but I know she's a young doctor, a lady, and I was like, wow, I really admire what she was doing, but in my mind, I know that what I saw is not something I can undo, seeing that every day. So and that was why I actually changed my mind from actually going for medicine and because I I love building stuff. I just like I I, I used to be a child that is really curious, building a lot of things. So maybe I could just explore that part. Engineering can be something for me. So I think like, okay, I could go into like uh, electronics engineering or electrical engineering or any kind of engineering out there. Uh, because I don't really know that computer is something that is really huge. So when I left secondary school, I didn't do medicine. And fortunately, you know, my friend that we went to uh, to the hospital together that we took, that had the incident, is a medical doctor today. He's also in the UK now, which is really amazing. So uh, when we went there, uh, so after my high school, I had a gap here. So, because I've changed my mind now, I don't want to study medicine. So, what will I do? I'm not really starting. And during that gap here, I was opportune to work in the lab with an engineer. So, and that was where I was introduced to computer for the first time. And okay. that was where I like fall in love with computer. And then I started doing that.
0: Wow, wonderful! Thank you so much for that. So, we'll delve later. I will delve deeper into your 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 tech life, right? But. Before then, I want us to talk about your social enterprise, Mbele. So what you're trying to do with Mbele is trying to get affordable education or quality education at an affordable rate to young people, probably uh, people in less developed areas who may not have access to that kind of education. So can you tell us a little bit about Mbele and uh, maybe how, how what led to the creation of the company? Yeah, so the
1: creation of the idea of Mbele is I've worked... Uh, you know, I came for a very humble background okay. and reflecting on all of my experience is this is the guy that was, I was born in this little town, you know, and then I've transcended that to move out, uh, represent my school in the States, uh, win love award and stuff like that. And then getting to tech, I got job in some of the biggest uh, companies in Nigeria at the time and uh, also I was doing amazingly well for myself and got married and then I started consulting uh, for an NGO uh, in Nigeria and that was the first time that I came across what social enterprise and uh, social solution and impact, you know, we have these SDG goals, right? So all of my life in tech, doing all of those things I've been doing, I've been like behind the scene, you know, I'm just the guy behind the computer working for an amazing company. I think I did some work for amazing brands in Nigeria, not really my company, but I was working for the company, handling big brands. I even did some work for Nigeria presidency, uh, the Senate, and a lot of stuff like that, that I've involved in. But, you know, like no one really know who I am. I I, I was just like behind the scene working out of this stuff and it's great. But at some point, I just like, okay, maybe it's time for me to do something else. And then I resigned from that job. It was even some of the riskiest decision i made uh, and later paid off. You know, it was really risky because I resigned that job three months to my wedding. And it was really crazy. My wife was like, why are you thinking? We're just planning to get married and you resign your job. So, and sincerely, no one in my family or her family actually know that I didn't have a job when I was doing my <laughs> wedding. Nobody knows I didn't have a job. So after our wedding uh, in December, we moved to the capital in Abuja, where I stay. I don't have a job. I didn't even know what I'm going to be doing uh, at the point. And during that December period, during the Christmas period, I think, you know, that was when lot of organizations started to wind down, You know and everything so i got a call from an organization they said is it peter i said yes he said yeah we want to uh we add someone recommend you to us and uh, we would love to meet you because we want to revamp our uh organization technology and digital ecosystem and stuff like yeah can you send us your cv or things like that i sent them my cv deliver they would love to meet me we had a meeting, and then they gave me a contract as a consultant for the organization, and uh, it's an NGO. That was the first time I will ever work for an NGO. So working with that NGO, I get to know about uh, Millennium Goals and then the SDGs. I'm like, what was that? So when I started to learn about all of these SDGs, Millennium Goals, and stuff like that, and now look back and reflect like, okay, why can't I use technology to allow my country to be able to solve some of this problem, even Africa as a whole? And uh, I look at, at back at myself also because uh, when I was young, I was going to a private school. So, but something happened that I have to leave private school and move to a public school when I was at my primary four. So this incident allowed me to see things differently. You know, in private school, you have everything, you have all of those stuff. When I moved to a public school, it's a different thing. There's not enough chair. There's not enough teacher. People just play around and stuff like that. Like you know, The quality of education is totally different. Imagine when I moved from private school to public school, I was going to primary four. When I go to the public school, they put me in primary five. I was acing all the class. They had to take me from primary five to primary six. So I, <laughs> yeah, because I literally just like jumped from that class. And it was just because you can you can just imagine how left behind and uh, public school where aside from the depl- dilapidated infrastructure, aside from uh non-motivated teachers because they are not being paid enough, you know. So because of that, that was why the idea for Imbele came. That how can we make education fun, how can we make education uh interesting and rewarding, even for people who have like little access, little money. You understand so what is on my mind as a child in africa what is more important is it getting education or having food on the table you understand no, that's the motivation so if a child is not doing well in school maybe it's just because the person is hungry so for me sometimes even to be able to achieve some of the academic success i achieve uh i have to pull through a lot of hard things so many nights without food in my tummy but, you know, it's very hard to be able to do that. You know, they said, if you, can, if you don't have food, there's no way you can have that motivation to do what you want to do. And that was the idea for Mbele, to, to reward people, to make education fun for, uh, for the least privileged in our society.
0: Wonderful. That sounds like a solid, a solid idea. So how does Mbele work? Is it, is it like an institution? How does one enroll? What goes into Mbele?
1: Yeah, so uh, the idea for Mbele was uh, virtually amazing. Just like I said, uh, when I started in Mbele, I started uh, in 2017. And over the years, Mbele has evolved and it has evolved and it has evolved. So our initial idea was, okay, we want to build Khan Academy for Nigerian students uh, that are least privileged. And also, we want to make their learning on that platform rewarding. So it's not just about go to Khan Academy and learn. It's really that America can do that because they don't have anything thinking like they are okay. So They have tablets, you know. They have Wi-Fi. They have internet. So which is which is amazing. So when we start building the idea and everything, and then we want to make it in such a way that we can people learn. We give them reward for time they spend. And that reward and points they get, they can convert it to things that they can use in their academics. So maybe, for instance, you spend time on Mbele, you do some tests, you do some learning, you accumulate some points, and that point can be converted into get a book, get a scholarship, get your school fees paid, or get things like that. So that was the idea that we had. So, But when we started building and everything, we saw that, the people that we actually want to build this platform for don't even have access to the internet. That was five years ago. Like, <laughs> So now I, I just thought to myself, like, I've worked in NGOs for, for a while. I've consulted for them. I saw like a lot of people that we want to solve problems for can't even assess that problem that we want to solve for them. So I was like, will I be fooling myself if I build a technology like this? Can that can't even solve that people. Because when I started doing a pilot of Mbele, everyone that has access to Mbele are still in private school. The public school students couldn't. They don't even have access to the internet in the first place. They don't even have that mobile phone that they can use to access this platform. So and I don't think things have improved a little bit now. But at that time, it was that dilemma. So we have to pivot a little bit. So the next thing I did was, okay, let's start a campaign of quality education and start to motivate young people about education. So we started a radio program. So that radio program was here online, was here on traditional radios, where we started like talking about value of education. We bring teachers, just a way to like motivate teachers and stuff like that. And then we started a second phase of the program, which is coding. So that is where technology now came into it. So, okay, what can we do Uh, if we can't build this platform and reach to these people? Can we create a solution uh, that can teach young people how to code? So we started the coding platform and this is what we did. So, you know, a lot of young people graduate from engineering universities and as computer science and stuff like that, but they don't have the practical knowledge of coding. So what I did is we employed people who study computer science but doesn't have the practical knowledge of coding and then we train them on coding for free so after training them on coding then we deploy them into schools to go and use that knowledge to teach young people how to code so because a lot of schools also doesn't have like the infrastructure to be able to do that program so when we do the first pilot of that program do you know Got it first, a private school in Abuja, so so a private school get it. So the idea is the problem we want to solve is still probably is still there. So and the people that are still getting this solution are still people that have a lot of resources to them. So it just shows that they see a wider gap in the infrastructure that we need. So how do we teach people in second in public government school how to code when they don't have a computer lab? They don't have the stuff like that. But what I'm so excited about is the fact that, during this program, uh, we got a contract uh, by Union Bank, which is one of our sponsors and people that give us some grants to build in Bailey. And we were able to set up a, uh, what would they call it? A internet in a box for a school, like e-library, uh, for a public school in uh, Play 2, Nigeria. And that was, I would say is one of the success story and what I feel like is an impact that is directly to a public school. So, but if think about it, if you want to build that kind of lab to every public school in Nigeria, that is a lot of funding, you understand? So it's just a lot. So because we set up that uh, internet in the box, we partner with the organization in UX that provide us with the computer and the infrastructure. So we got the computer, we do the networking. So they don't need the internet everything they need to learn coding library wikipedia all of them is offline on that system videos books so many things like just like you have like internet in one box and then we train the teacher on how to use it and then the teacher can train the students you know which is really amazing but if we want to continue to replicate that across the country it's a lot of money so then you need government you need a lot of things and you know how hard it is to be able to get that done. So because of that, in believe I've struggled a little bit because number one, yeah, I can solve this problem and create another kind of academy that all of the privileged children will be using. And there are a lot of platforms like that already that is doing something like what in believe want to do, the idea, which we are happy about. But the fundamental problem that we want to solve is still there. But we can't solve that problem yet because our target audience doesn't have the infrastructure. So, what we are transcending to right now is to focus on people in higher institutions like uh youth from the age of eighteen. some of them have access to some computers some of so that's why I started like now we call Fma also so to so be able to young help young people to break into tech so and that's what we are doing and that is actually making a lot of impact because. Like if you are out of secondary school, some of them can put little savings together, get a mobile phone, and then we can just provide them with all those resources they need to learn how to code, how to get a job. We do webinar. We have a website called Tech Clarity Coach. They have a lot of resources there. They have like guidance and things they need to learn. And if you want to pick a choice of technology or any career path, they have all of the information in there that they can read through. Either offline or online, so which is really amazing. So you can see how we look at the problem we are having, and then we iterate over time to see that okay, what can we do today to solve this problem? Even though we know that the fundamental problem there to young children in Africa is still there, but that problem itself needs a lot of funding, it needs a lot of infrastructure, you know, to be able to solve that. But we can't fold our hands, we can still help the youth. So our focus right now is on youth, uh, which I think have little things uh, that can to help themselves. And then we can just amplify those things by giving them appropriate knowledge. Uh, and we, we have been making amazing strides in, in that space.
0: Okay, well done, Peter. I, I congratulate you for the good work that you are doing. So I'm sure this has also opened a number of doors for you. And uh, one of the doors I know is that in 2018, we are part of the Mandela Washington Fellowship, right, which is a fellowship, I think it's a year long or something like that, fellowship in the US where you are trained and all that. Yeah. So would you, would you like to maybe touch on that experience as a young African selected to be part of this prestigious fellowship? I know it's it's, it's around that time again where applications are out and I'm sure there's someone listening who is probably considering applying. So they really want to hear your experiences and how they can also you know, be able to take part of it.
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I think I think the most important thing in, in, in life, it's all about looking at problems differently. Okay, okay. You know, I used to tell people, like, there are a lot of problems in Africa. There are a lot of things that we are facing. What should we do about it? Should we keep complaining about it? Or should we do something about find it? Find solutions so, to them. Find solutions to them. Yeah. And that's exactly uh, what attitude and the mindset we are trying to 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 nurture in a lot of young people and that was what my experience was i never knew i'll be selected for my Delaware Washington fellowship so i didn't right. even prepare for it i was just trying to solve a problem so i was trying to solve a problem that i i saw was dead to me so look at all of the part that problem have taken me to until I'm here I where I am today. So and that's the idea. The problem you want to solve, you don't know where it's going to lead you. You know, and I would be very candid. Mandela Washington Fellowship changed my life in a lot of ways. So uh, I was privileged to study in one of the most prestigious university in the US, Northwestern University. It's a okay. private school and also, Mister. Uh, I studied at the Kellogg uh, School of Management, which is one of the prestigious and um, top management school in the US. So, without our fellowship, I don't think I can be able to afford <laughs> to study there. So, mm. and meeting the network of amazing African leaders across the continent is mind blowing, because and uh, also. Uh, if you check my LinkedIn, I'm also uh, putting up a conversation uh, on how to put in a successful application for the 2024 session. So the Mm. idea is to open the door for so many people because the experience changed my life. And, you know, aside from the traveling, we went to President Barack Obama's house in Chicago. We went to so many
0: that That would be quite an experience
1: that's amazing like you know, you know we went to the house we we took a photo there but we even we went to the president uh, obama's uh baba's shop and oh, wow. you know the the chair that he used to sat in is now been decommissioned you know it was oh, okay. there so no one is using it anymore so it's like a tourist house. people go there and like this is where obama used to sit and his baba also is there so which i think is like it's an, it was an honor you know to be able to be there to see uh, President Obama actually made history, you know, being the first black president uh, the U.S. ever had. So, which have opened hope and uh, inspired young Africans across the continent and even in the country in the U.S. So, and that is the idea of what the Mandela Washington Fellowship is all about. It's about inspiring young people to be able to reach out for the stars, to believe in themselves, and also to expose them to new possibilities. Because mm. what the US gave us is new ideas, new perspective, okay. like wow, like a continent that is doing so amazing things, and then you also want to know that okay, if they, if they can do this, we can do that in our own continent also. And a lot of my fellowship all over the continent are doing amazing things, which is really okay. Cool. So I really recommend anyone listening to us to give it a go and, and apply.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Peter. So Right now, across social media in Africa, people are assuming that, oh, tech tech is the new gold, right? Tech money is nobody's size, Charlie. Tech money, there, you know get size. It's even more than football money and all that. And I, I've also heard you, I've read articles where you've talked about how you are well off today because you are in tech and all that. I think there were some instances where you said uh, you know people who were doing kind of like this internet fraud and all that, but today uh, they are... Yeah, you are so well off. You are you are doing better than them. Some of them have probably even lost their lives in their process. Mm-hmm. So I want mm-hmm. to know what advice would you have for young people who want to start out in tech? They heard that tech is the new gold, and they want to also venture into tech, but probably they don't know where to start from. They don't know what tech entails and all that. I don't know what what do you have to tell such people?
1: Yeah, so tech technology is the new gold is the new this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can't say like it's the new gold now. Like it's been like the gold like 10, 20 years ago. Okay. You know, just that a lot of people are not aware of it. You know, if you remember when the dot-com rush started in the US, that people were opening everything, dot-com, dot-com. The dot-com just that, you know, people started creating online platforms, dot-com like uh, email, dot-com uh something.com is so interesting. Like if you have like a dot com idea, it's believed that people are going to invest into you. So just oh, like yeah. the way we have the AI rush right now, like mm. you know, imagine a lot of money like AI complainer are everybody's investing into all this AI thing. And yes. like five years ago it was Bitcoin, right? It was yeah Bitcoin um, NFTs nfts you know, know and you know is. and also that's what i'm saying that the technology gold rush has passed so okay. we won't say it's the new gold it's us it's the gold you know it's the same now it's evolving into every aspect of our life but i used to say to people this is still the best decade to be in tech because there are just so many opportunities and look at it today we can do podcasts from miles away i'm in the uk you are in ghana and we can have flawless conversation like this. yes like five ten years ago this is not possible at all We have to be in the studio we have to have all of these gadgets and everything but right now you can record from anywhere and then give it to a computer who's going to master edit everything tune it make it better and you can publish to every platform with just one click. Yeah. So that is revolutionary. And there's still a lot of opportunity in tech. So a lot of people say, where should I start it? Where should I go for? What should I look for? You know, there's so many things right now. But for me, I will say, start. That's the only thing. So okay. there have to be something that you're interested in. Or maybe I want to build a website. Maybe I want to design. Maybe I want to create AI stuff. Maybe I want to do machine learning. Maybe I want to do. Um, I want to use Bitcoin technology to create things. So, whatever the idea may be, just start. Just start from somewhere because, like, if you don't start, you don't even know where to look. You will not have all the answers. When I started in billing, I don't have all the answers. I just start, and then I fail. I learn. I fail. I learn. I discover new things, and then I move forward. So the same way is with technology. Don't wait until you have to have the complete roadmap. Like I have to have everything figured out. No, you don't have to have everything figured out. Just start. Is there something that piques your interest? I want to start coding. Yeah, pick a programming language of your choice and start learning. And then what you are learning, we start leading you to more and more opportunities. But if you're really like confused, like you're not sure, check out www.techclaritycoach We create this platform, it's open-source, it's free, and it's itemized, different programming language, different parts in tech. Then you can read about them as a software engineer, as a backend engineer, as a mobile engineer, as a graphic designer, as a UI UX. So you can see what it entails, where you can work, all of those things, and then you can make your choice. And then you can also see resources and stuff that you can use to learn. So for me, I would say, explore by yourself, There's And YouTube is your friend, Google is your friend. Just Google how to become a programmer, how to become a web developer, how to become an iOS developer. So just ask this question. You know, today we have so many vast resources out there that when I started in tech 15 years ago, there were none.
0: Okay. As in,
1: there were none. There's mentoring now that is almost free. I mentor every week, almost free, like even free. Even though I have some paid mentoring, but most of my mentors are even free. So and we have platforms that provide free mentorship, like NDPList.org. They provide free mentorship. It's not like advertisement, but it's an amazing platform with mentors from all over the world. I am one of the top mentors on the platform. Oh. So book free mentorship, talk to people. You understand? Join a network. You understand? Ask questions. Today, there are more resources to get into tech for free than we ever had 10 years ago. You understand? Oh. So, and uh, when we continue to create more and more resources. So for me, I will say there is no excuse. Just start.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think it has been an amazing time with you. Thank you for telling us about the work that you do at Bailey and how pe- young people can also get into tech. I'm sure that our listeners have learned a thing or two. So we would like you to share your last words there any last words. Maybe you also want to advertise if you have a, a, a tech school, anything that you want to share or you'd want to let people know.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I don't have like a tech school. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. So uh most of the things that I offer uh that we do, we have this platform, uh we have for my also. So if you okay. check my uh, LinkedIn channel, you'll see for my also. So the idea of for my also is a community. It's okay. a community of people who want to break into tech. It's a okay. community of uh, people who want to build social entrepreneurship because those are the two things I'm really passionate about: technology okay. and entrepreneurship. So, and not just entrepreneurship, but social entrepreneurship, impact entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship that is not just about making money; it's about changing people's life, about solving real problems. So what I do is we can see from all of my conversation and community work, it's more about enabling people to be able to build solutions that solve real problems and also they can use technology to do it. So those are the two things I'm really passionate about. So follow me on LinkedIn. You'll see like I share all of these things all the time. I have free mentorship that I offer. I also have paid mentorship that I also offer. I don't advertise it much, but... Uh, is there for people who can like, because my free mentorship you can have like waiting period of like two, three, four weeks because it's always very booked. Uh, so, but if you don't want to wait too much, you can contact me. I can send you a link for the paid mentorship, definitely. And then we can have conversations. I can give you step-by-step step, point you. Sometimes it's just about pointing people to the right direction and the right resources. Because the truth is that there is vast resources out there. Or if you have a mentor who can tell you, oh, this is where you're going to. This is where your passion is. Okay, take this one, add these two to it with these three. Then you are good to go. That way, it makes your journey easier, faster. And you don't have to waste time, you know, fighting in the ocean. So, which I think is an idea, is a privilege I didn't have when I was starting out. So, it had to take me like a long time to be able to even figure out what I was doing. You understand but this opportunity are yeah. there for a lot of people so take advantage of it and our community also we have a community on discord for my also you can search it and you can join us definitely we have people from ghana amazing people we have people from kenya we have people from uh, different other countries across europe nigeria and the us the uk so we just learn we share ideas we have webinars and also i have events on LinkedIn time to time, like the Methodology Fellowship that is coming for Africa. So I'm going to be bringing other fellows that is going to be sharing their experience, also giving you tips on how to actually put in a good uh, application, and people can ask questions live, and then we can answer those questions.
0: Amazing, amazing! Thank you so much, Peter. Guys, Peter is big on LinkedIn. Go and follow him. He has about eleven thousand followers on LinkedIn, and he shares all his nuggets on his page you don't want to miss out on any of them go and follow him on linkedin and to our listeners we thank you so much for making time to listen to today's edition of our africa podcast we want you to subscribe follow us across social media so that you don't miss out on exclusive african content we'll catch you another time Bye bye